0: Chapter 21. Ben sat comfortably in his living room, reviewing online engineering forums on his tablet while he waited for Catherine to pick him up for their date. He'd wrapped a tensor bandage around his calf, and with it, he found he didn't need to use the cane. He'd take the bandage off as soon as they left the dinner, but he didn't want to be carrying the cane on the date. Catherine might want to dance, and he didn't want her to feel like she couldn't ask. He glanced across the room at Tina, who was using a tablet, as well as she curled up on the sofa. He wasn't sure what she was doing on it, but he felt her glancing over it at him from time to time. She put it on the surface of the couch while she spun around to adjust the pillows behind her. He looked over and saw a couple of chat windows open with names above them. Lisam, Lorim. So Tina was in communication with her friends, likely trying to do damage control from their poor, drunken decision-making. He looked away before she turned back. Ben shook his head and sighed to himself. He thought back on the near catastrophe the morning had almost turned into. When he discovered the twins and Tina naked in his bed with Rochelle and himself, he'd been furious. He'd given Tina a heads up that Rochelle was staying the night, and he'd closed his bedroom door. That should have been enough to give them privacy. Instead, it was an invasion and Rochelle was going to be in for an unpleasant surprise. He managed to slip out of the bed and pull the sheet up over Rochelle before he carefully woke her. She smiled and gave him a very nice kiss before he could let her know about their company who luckily remained asleep. He got Rochelle out of the bed and situated in the guest washroom in the hall so she could get dressed without waking the others. The woman was grateful to Ben for giving her the discreet escape. She gave him another kiss, which tingled both of them to their toes. Then she slipped out the door for home. Ben went back to his room and got his workout clothes and changed in the washroom. He did his routine in the gym, then got cleaned up and dressed in the guest bathroom. Then he went to the kitchen to make himself breakfast. He made coffee for his guests. He was just finishing up his morning meal. When Tina stumbled into the kitchen with her dressing gown on, she had her head in her hands as she was obviously nursing a bad hangover. She tried to smile at him, but her look was confused. Good morning, Ben, she whispered. How did I end up in your bed? Ben held up his hand to stop her questions. Let's hold off on that until your guests are awake. Tina pulled her hands from her face and her eyes went fully open. She spun in place and ran for the bedroom. Her equilibrium wasn't up to the demands of that action, so she careened off the door jamb and bounced off the walls on the way. Ben knew when she got there as she began to yell, in Korean, in her dismay. The twins yelled back in pain because of her loud voice, and the noise settled into mutual moans of pain from their hangovers. Ben poured three cups of coffee, and put three bottles of water next to them on the kitchen table. He heard the zombies shambling their way towards him, so he waited. A very contrite, Tina, entered first. She made her way to Ben and knelt at his feet. She pressed her forehead to the floor in shame. Ben reached down and lifted her to her feet and sat her in front of a mug. The twins watched and shuddered in relief when Ben picked Tina up. They assumed this indicated he wasn't expecting the same from them. When they looked at him, their smiles were met by an angry scowl. Nervously, they made their way to the other mugs. The three drank their coffee and sipped at their water in silence. Tina finally felt human enough to begin to apologize, but Ben immediately stopped her with a gesture. He hadn't taken his eyes off of the twins, who were becoming very nervous. He waited for them to apologize, but they showed no sign of remorse at all for their behavior. Tina was an innocent in this. He was sure, certainly she had been in his bed, and he would talk with her about this, but the twins obviously had far more experience with clubbing than she did, yet they appeared oblivious to the reason for his ire. The two ladies were wearing their party clothes from the previous night, so Ben was treated to expanses of glitter-covered skin. He sighed as he realised he was going to have to throw out his sheets. There was no way he was going to infect his washing machine, and subsequently, every piece of fabric he ran through them, with the herpes of the craft world. God, he hated glitter. Their nervousness was reaching a critical point where they were trading glances with each other, and Tina to determine what to do next. Ben had had enough. Lisa, Lori, it's clear to me that you have no idea why I'm upset. The fact that you don't understand is unsettling in itself. It's time you headed home. You're not welcome back until you fully grasp what you did wrong and what you should have done. Out, now. The ladies jerked to their feet, like he'd hit them with a cattle prod, and scurried to the front door, bent at their heels, They yanked on their jackets, slipped on their shoes, and were out the door in seconds. Ben turned back to the kitchen and saw Tina, standing in the doorway with a sad look on her face. I'm so sorry, Ben, she cried. Ben opened his arms and she was against his chest in a blink. She cried and he stroked her hair until he smelled the scent of smoke coming from her. He held her back, and she blinked up at him in alarm. Sorry, you need a shower. You smell of cigarettes. Do the twins smoke? No, but we stood close to the smoking deck at the club, as there were some young men, Lisa and Laurie, were dancing with who smoked. Another strike against their good judgment. Ben grumbled and considered what to do next. He was very concerned about the twins' inability to grasp personal responsibility. They'd be taking care of children, for Pete's sake. He got a grim look on his face. Please go wash that stink out of your hair, he said gently to Tina, and she scurried away. Ben picked up the phone in the kitchen and called Daphne. Hello, Daphne. It's Ben. Hi, Ben, she said with a smile in her voice. I just sent your daughters home. They are just coming in. Oh, "'They look very unhappy. What did they do this time?' she said with genuine concern. "'They're there. Good. Listen, I'm having concerns about their watching over Christopher.' "'What? Oh my god, what did they do?' she shrieked. "'No, it wasn't what they did. That was just something stupid and potentially very embarrassing, which I was luckily able to avoid. The problem is they don't seem to be able to understand.' They need to take ownership of their mistakes. Twice they've done something irresponsible, and afterwards they had. No clue that they did anything wrong. So they made no efforts at all to apologize. Their actions have consequences. They have to understand that. I get that they're young, but they're going to be watching over children, Christopher included. I'm not comfortable knowing they have trouble accepting. Personal responsibility. There was silence at the other end of the phone, so Ben continued. I'm sorry if I've offended you. I just have to put Christopher's safety first. Thank you for expressing your concerns, Ben. I'll keep the position for Christopher open, in case you change your mind. I'll also have a talk with the girls this morning, and get to the bottom of this. Daphne made an uncomfortable sound in her throat. I'm so sorry, Ben. Me too, Daphne. Me too. Goodbye, he hung up. He turned and saw Tina standing in the doorway with a nervous look in her eye. Her hair was still damp from the shower. He gestured her to come in, and she immediately rushed in to sit on his knee. He'd intended for her to sit on the chair next to him so they could talk, but she looked like she needed the physical contact. She looked in his eyes for confirmation that they were still good. He took her beautiful face between his hands and tenderly kissed her. He felt her tension melt away as she leaned into his kiss. He pulled back and she swayed a little until her eyes reopened. They smiled at one another. What will we do for daycare for Christopher? she asked. If Daphne can't work out a way to get her daughters to understand, then we find another daycare. This will not affect your going to university, I promise you that, Ben said firmly. They'd spent the rest of the day mostly in silence. Ben didn't need Tina to explain herself and her actions from the previous night. She knew what she did was wrong, and she owned up to it. It was done. They moved on. He let her know that his decision to bar the twins from his home shouldn't impact her remaining friends with them. She was certainly free to have any friends that she wanted. He just hoped she would be a better influence on them and keep them from influencing her like they had. He expected better judgment from her in the future, she agreed. So now, he sat waiting for Catherine, while Tina worked on her friends. Ben hoped Daphne was getting serious about them as well. There was a honk from the driveway, so Ben got up and walked to the front door. Tina followed and gave him a kiss as he stepped outside. Catherine popped the trunk, and he put his overnight bag inside, then got into the passenger side. She leaned over and he gave her a kiss. Ready for some fun, she said with a twinkle in her eye. Ready and raring to go, he smiled back. It didn't take long to drive downtown to the hotel. They parked and checked in. After dropping the bags off in the room, they resisted the urge to try out the bed and made their way down to the banquet room. The charity dinner was to begin at 8pm and Catherine's assistants had done most of the preparation work. She just needed to check in with them by 7.30 to ensure there weren't any surprises. They poked their heads in the banquet hall and were stunned to see how beautifully decorated it was. Elegant, opulent and classic, the decor spoke of wealth and success. Ben and Catherine shared impressed looks and made their way to the small office next to the banquet room. Ben saw three ladies leaning over a desk reviewing some kind of checklist. They looked up with bright smiles as Catherine swept into the room. She immediately gave them all big hugs and congratulated them on the fabulous job they'd done on making the room look stunning. They turned to Ben and Catherine made the introductions. The tall, very slim blonde hiding behind her oversized glasses was Ingrid. Catherine explained that logistics was her specialty. Her yellow blonde tresses fell a little past her shoulders, and she wore a pretty pale green dress with matching shoes. When Ben shook her hand, she was blushing and trembling, so he immediately recognized her shyness. He'd been the same way through high school. He gave her hand a sympathetic squeeze before he moved to the next introduction. Darcy was just a little taller than Tina. Catherine said she was in charge of the finances for the dinner and tracking the donations as well the woman wore her brown hair very short and she carried a little too much weight on her small frame her eyes positively gleamed as she ran them over ben's body she boldly asked ben to save a few dances for her and ingrid blushed at her ad ingrid blushed at her audacity to say such a thing in front of their boss darcy just laughed at ingrid's expression and straightened her low-cut strapless blue dress to more favorably present the girls for Ben's enjoyment. Ben blushed too, which surprised Ingrid. Ashanti was a lovely woman in her mid-thirties with skin the colour of dark chocolate. She accentuated her skin with a gorgeous ivory-coloured dress which seemed to sweep around her slim body. She was apparently the designer of the group and had been primarily responsible for the look of the event. She rolled her eyes at Darcy's antics. Both Darcy and Ashanti wore wedding bands, though Ingrid did not. After Catherine thanked them again, Ashanti pulled her aside to whisper something in her ear. The smile dimmed on Catherine's face, but she patted her assistant's hand. She and Ben returned to the reception area in the hall outside of the banquet room. She looked at Ben's questioning glance and smiled. It's fine. Ashanti was just telling me about a last-minute guest. An old nemesis of mine come to gloat over how her charity collected more in pledges than mine. The woman is tiresome. The charities are not a competition, but she always finds a way to spoil the mood. Not this time. I don't care. What she made. We had a very good year, and with tonight's turnout, we surpassed last year's pledges. Oh, pardon me, Ben. I have to go speak with that couple. I'll introduce you to them later. I just need have a private word with them. Ben nodded and watched her move quickly and gracefully across the room to catch the eye of an older, white-haired couple. Left to himself, he looked around and saw the three assistants coming into the hall. He wanted to have a quick word with them, so he caught their eye. Catherine was glowing with happiness. Dinner had been delicious and well-received by everyone she spoke with. She'd circulated during dinner to see how everyone was doing, and once the meal was over, she introduced Ben to a number of her favorite patrons. She'd even managed to avoid her nemesis. The dancing began shortly afterwards, and Ben had practically swept her off her feet on the dance floor. She was having a marvelous time. Their last dance was a slow number, and Ben felt so good pressed up against her, especially when he started to react to her. As they returned to their table, their path was suddenly blocked by a tall, Raven haired woman in an elegant black and white striped cocktail dress. Her smile was as fake as her breasts, which appeared to be attempting to escape by floating up out of her dress. Kat sighed and resigned herself to listening to the pompous airbags gloating. It didn't really matter, as nothing was going to spoil this night for her. Catherine, darling! So good to finally catch you as you scurry around your little fundraiser the woman said with a light but condescending tone. She saw Ben's hackles go up and placed a hand on the big man's arm. He immediately relaxed. Hello, Jacqueline. So glad you could come. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world, dear. And who is this fine fellow escorting you tonight? He's new. I don't believe I've ever met him at any of your previous parties or mine, for that matter. The woman was devouring Ben with her eyes, and he found it more than a little disturbing wait, did she just suggest he was a male escort? Ben Shepherd. this is Jacqueline Forrester. She heads up the Heaven's Heralds Foundation. Their fundraising sponsors the building of Christian churches and schools in villages in Africa. Ben is my neighbour and very good friend, Catherine said with a smile. Jacqueline had been unabashedly enjoying the view of Ben's physique, and her eyes widened with excitement When she caught the outline of his prominent bulge, she looked back up to Ben's eyes, and her smile trembled a little as Catherine's words finally sunk in. Your neighbor? Right next door, for years, he said, his tone making it clear he wasn't pleased with her assumption. Jacqueline's face flushed, and her mouth worked as she tried to think of a way out of her gaffe. It was Catherine who came to her rescue. "'I understand. Congratulations are in order. Your charity is poised to be nominated as top fundraiser again this year. That will be ten years in a row. Very impressive,' she said with a genuine smile. Jacqueline seized the lifeline and gushed her thanks to the woman. Ashanti arrived at Catherine's elbow and whispered something in her ear. "'I'm sorry. I have to go speak with Darcy, if you will excuse me for a minute.' She squeezed Ben's hand, then slipped away. Ben was left facing the woman, whose face had returned to a look of embarrassment. The music started again, and though he didn't recognize the piece, Ben thought he had a way out of the awkwardness. Would you care to dance? Jacqueline smiled, and Ben led her to the floor. Just as they arrived, the music's beat slowed, and they realized it was going to be a slow number, Once more, the woman's face flushed. Ben just took her hand, pulled her in, and they moved with the others. The dance floor was full, so they had to stay fairly close. This led to unintentional brushes against each other's body. Jacqueline's large breasts pressed against Ben's chest, and occasionally her leg would bump into Ben's straining erection. More people joined the dance floor and Ben found himself holding Jacqueline up against his body to avoid bumping into the other dancers. The woman was beginning to look a little glassy-eyed and her breathing was getting heavier, though she tried to maintain her poise. Ben was getting worried that Jacqueline might pass out, so he made to lead them from the dance floor, but the woman pulled him back with an almost frantic shake of her head and a quick smile to show she was fine. She began to grind against his erection subtly as they danced. Her face was flushed and her breathing was rough. Then the music stopped and the lights brightened slightly. Ben pulled away and Jacqueline made an unconscious whining sound. A spotlight lit up the stage and Catherine's assistants were standing together. Darcy had the microphone. Excuse me, everyone. Excuse me. We just have one brief announcement Then everyone can get back to the dancing. We have the final results of this year's fundraising. Due to tonight's excellent turnout and a last-minute anonymous donation of $300,000, we have surpassed last year's record. We've also catapulted into first place amongst all local charities. Thank you so much. There was a huge surge of applause and the crowd parted as Catherine walked up to Ben with tears in her eyes. Ben picked her up in his arms and hugged her tight. She burst into tears and laughter and kissed him. She knew who the anonymous donor was. Jacqueline was stunned. The delicious tingle of her imminent orgasm suddenly vanished and her face lost all expression. She watched the woman she had come to crush steal away her victory. She struggled to control her emotions. She desperately wanted to scream and attack the blonde in the big man's arms, but instead she forced a gracious, if trembling, smile on her face and joined the applause. Then gently set Catherine back on her feet and they turned to face the people around them. She shook the hands of many of her guests until she was facing Jacqueline. I guess congratulations are actually owed to you tonight, Catherine, Jacqueline ground out through her teeth and fake smile. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Sorry for breaking your winning streak, but there's no shame in being number two, she replied with a giggle. Ben was behind her and wrapped his arms around her and wrapped his arms around her to give her another huge hug and Catherine's eyes lit up as she felt his stiffness pressed against her arse. She gasped and smiled at Jacqueline. It was too much for Jacqueline, whose smile finally cracked. She nodded, spun, and stiffly marched away. Catherine spun around in Ben's arms and kissed him deeply. Ben, you are the absolute best! The band started playing one of their favourites, so Ben pulled her out onto the dance floor. Three songs later, Ben was sitting one out at their table. His calf had begun to ache, so he let Catherine know that fast numbers were out for the rest of the night for him. She found some other dance partners and he was pleased to see her happily dancing the evening away. Ingrid was passing by, and Ben reached out to snag her hand. He'd seen her watching people dance, but she never joined in. She jumped when she felt someone touch her. She looked down and saw Ben smiling up at her. She blushed and sat in the chair. Ben pulled out for her. How are you enjoying the party? he asked her. It's fine, she said with a shy smile. I was wondering if you would dance with me on the next slow number. I'm afraid I've strained my calf a little too much with the fast dancing, so I'm down to slow dancing only. Ingrid's eyes were wide and her face flushed. I, 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 I don't think that's such a good idea. I don't dance. Everyone can dance a slow dance. I'd really like it if you would share one with me, please. He looked into her eyes and she nodded. What happened to your calf? She asked to change the topic. I was stabbed. Stabbed? She exclaimed. Yeah, a neighbor of mine dated a man who didn't like being told he wasn't worthy of another date. He got rough with her and I stopped him. He managed to stab me in the calf before I incapacitated him. Are you always this heroic? She asked. Ben winced. No, I used to be crippled with shyness. I'm actually still pretty shy, but I'm learning to speak up when it's important. The next song began, and Ben recognised a nice, long, slow number. He stood up and held out his hand for Ingrid's. She timidly placed hers in his, and he led her to the dance floor. He caught Catherine's eye, and she gave him a big grin when she saw who he was with. Once more. The dance floor was full, so he pulled Ingrid up against his body, and they began to move with the slow, steady beat. He felt the woman trembling in his arms. Ingrid, it's all right. You're doing beautifully. You can relax, Ben said gently. I'm so nervous, she gasped. Why? I'm not a scary man, am I? He asked. God, no, you're beautiful, she blurted then realised what she said and tried to escape in her mortification. Ben wasn't letting her go and kept her pinned to his chest. That was a very nice compliment. Thank you. I think you are beautiful as well, he smiled. She looked up and blinked at him. Ingrid, a man would have to be blind to not see that. You've had several admirers watching you all night. The bass player in the band, the bass player in the band, the bartender... The man wearing the blue pinstripe jacket sitting at the table next to mine. All of these men watch you every time you pass by. Avoid the man with the pinstripes, as I believe he's married, but the other two are potential dating material. She wore a look of shock as she tried not to turn her head to look at the men he was talking about. Next time you pass them by, if you like what you see, give them a smile and see where it takes you. If you don't care for their look, just keep walking. Trust me, there are people who think you're hot. You just have to be open to the possibility of new relationship. Maybe it will work, or maybe it won't. You have so much to offer, you should ensure they are worthy of it. By this point, their rubbing and touches were working their magic on Ben, and he was beginning to press against Ingrid in intimate ways. She suddenly realized what the wonderful pressure was coming from. "'Oh my God!' she gasped. "'I'm so sorry. "'When we're dancing this close, I can't help it,' he blushed. "'Maybe we should sit down. "'No. "'I mean, I, I've i never felt that before. "'I don't mind. it. "'It's kind of flattering. "'But won't Catherine get upset?' "'Over this. "'No. "'She knows my body well enough "'to know I was bound to get excited dancing with you,' Ben smiled. "'So.' You and Catherine are lovers. Ingrid couldn't believe she'd had the nerve to speak with Ben like this. He just made her feel so comfortable, like she could say anything without fear of being ridiculed. She wasn't aware that she'd fallen into an easy pattern of dancing with Ben. Their bodies pressed firmly together, slowly moving across the floor. Ben nodded. She's a very special woman. Ingrid began to feel a little flushed, and the tingling in her body was intensifying. She was afraid to say anything about it as she didn't want it to stop. They continued to dance and Ingrid rested her cheek on Ben's shoulder. She remembered seeing couples on the dance floor in high school. How were they holding each other? Oh, right. She moved her arms around Ben's back, and after a little pause, he did the same to her. His hands felt so good on her body. They swayed to the music and Ingrid's body ground against Ben's. God she was in heaven. If only she'd had the nerve to dance with the boys way back then, she'd missed out on so much pleasure. Suddenly, her body went stiff and Ben continued to sway to keep up the illusion they were dancing for the people around them. He felt her gasping into his collar as she turned her face inwards to hide the look on her face as a sweet release swept through her. After she returned to her senses, her mind slowly cleared until she realized what she'd just done. Her face went red, and she tried to push away, but Ben knew she'd have this reaction, so he was prepared. He held her close and whispered in her ear that it was fine. She was beautiful, and he was very happy she was able to feel so comfortable in his arms. The song was ending, so he led her from the dance floor and sat with her at his table. When she was finally able to look at him, he smiled gently. You were remembering your high school dances, weren't you? She nodded hesitantly. I remember mine too. I didn't dance very much as I was always too shy. I'd watch the others and wish I had the nerve to ask a girl to dance. I had no idea they were just as nervous. We don't have to feel like that anymore. If you want to dance with someone, ask them. If you'd like to get to know someone, speak with them. You're an amazing woman. Men are going to want to spend time with you. Just be careful you don't collect too many. Start with one. She grinned at that. She was looking at him with genuine affection and he leaned over and kissed her forehead. That's my signal to sweep in and collect my boyfriend before he's completely smitten, Catherine said as she stepped up to the table between the two. Ben looked up with a loving smile. Ingrid looked up with a guilty expression and Catherine chuckled. Not to worry, Ingrid. I know Ben's a physically affectionate man, but I also know he loves me, and that's all I really need to know. Ingrid's face showed her relief. Catherine looked at Ben. The party is winding down, and I'd like to make a quick exit before I get roped into helping clean up. She grinned, knowing full well that they'd hired a crew for that task. Oh, sure, Ben said. He turned to Ingrid. Ingrid. She nodded and blushed, looking at him. Catherine pulled him up and led him through the dancers to the exit. As they walked through the lobby, she occasionally stopped to say a few words to a departing guest. The general consensus was the party was a roaring success. As they passed the bar in the lobby, Catherine stopped and stared at the figure slumped at the bar. The distinct black and white striped cocktail dress was a dead give away. She looked at Ben in concern, and they immediately went inside. Catherine approached from her right side, while Ben went left. Jacqueline, are you all right? She said gently. The woman lifted her head from her arm on the bar, and looked unsteadily towards the sound of the voice, calling her name. Unfocused eyes swung around, trying to see who was bothering her in her misery. When they finally locked on Catherine, They went wide, with exaggerated anger. "'You, you bitch! You ruined everything!' Jacqueline roared drunkenly. "'What?' Catherine pulled back from the blast of rum breath and spittle. "'Greg fired me! Me!' the woman squealed, and tears burst forth. Then looked questioningly at Catherine. Greg Masters, head of the Ministry of Heaven's Voice, she explained. "'Yes, Greg Masters, bitch!' Jacqueline growled, dragging a bar napkin across her eyes to dry the tears. I told him you sabotaged our tenth consecutive win, and he fired me. Why? Catherine asked. He had millions of dollars of sponsorship deals locked into our winning that tenth annual award. Now he has to pay them all back, and there's no money, he called me an incompetent cunt. More tears followed the confession. Ben started the recorder up on his phone. Where is the money? The Heaven's Herald Foundation, raised Jacqueline. It's invested, she mumbled. In what? A casino, okay. Greg is building a casino in Las Vegas, Jacqueline growled. She suddenly got this desperate look on her face like she had to justify herself. We use the Foundation's money, and most of the sponsorship money, to purchase the land and pay for construction costs. The remaining sponsorship money would have covered the minimal needs of the charity until the casino was built and income started flowing in from that. No one sees how many churches and schools we build, they're in fucking Africa. This year we were only planning on building one of each. Now we can't afford to do even that. We would have generated far more income from the casino then we would have generated far more income from the casino than we would have squeezing those fossils for donations. If Greg fired you, his chief fundraiser, how is he going to pay the Foundation and sponsors back? I don't know. You ruined everything, Jacqueline raged and made to grab Catherine, but Ben caught her wrists from behind and crossed them over her chest as he pinned her back against his body. Wah! Jacqueline gasped as she looked down at the big arms encircling her. She looked up and saw Ben's stern face. Oh, God, it's you. Why? Why couldn't you have been an escort? I would have hired you immediately and taken you home and done things to you that would curl your hair. I felt you. I know you have a huge cock. I would have taken that monster in my ass. This bitch could never do that for you. Jacqueline tried to hump her ass back against Ben's groin as he held her tight against her body. She almost fell off of her stool when Ben tried to angle his body away from her. To catch her, he had to jerk forward to squeeze her to his body. The woman moaned loudly as she felt his hardened cock slam against her ass. Oh, Catherine, please let me take him in my ass. I need it so bad. Greg only fucks me once a week, and now he won't do it anymore. Greg's married to Helen, Catherine gasped, stunned by this additional confession. Yes, shh, don't tell her I'm getting some of her husband's winer. Oh God, it's so small compared to this one. I could live without Greg's if I could have this one in my arse on a regular basis, even once a week. Ben's face was bright red, but his erection was loving the attention from Jacqueline's arse. Catherine was all grins at Ben's embarrassment but took pity on him and reached for his phone to turn off the recording as he couldn't reach it. She saved the file, mailed a copy to herself and one to Helen, then walked a few steps away to make a call. Jacqueline started to pull at her arms, but Ben discovered she wasn't trying to escape. She was dragging Ben's knuckles over her stiff nipples. He held her tighter to stop that and she moaned in raw pleasure as his cock ground between her butt cheeks and his hands flattened her tits. Catherine returned and saw Ben's discomfort and Jacqueline's agitated state. Sighing, she looked around and saw they were alone in the bar. She reached between the woman's legs and rubbed quickly and firmly over the woman's clit through wet panties. She put her other hand over the woman's mouth as she was moaning too loudly. Seconds later, between the heat and pressure of Ben's cock wedged between her ass cheeks. His crushing grip on her tits, and Catherine's aggressive rubbing the woman screamed into Cat's palm and passed out. Catherine went to wash her hands and was by Ben's side again when the police arrived. Three hours later, Ben and Catherine left the precinct, where Jacqueline was recuperating in her cell. The police brought Greg Masters in as well. They found him in his driveway, stuffing his suitcase in the trunk of his car. He was carrying his passport fifty thousand in cash, and an e-ticket for a one way flight to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Officers from the fraud division had taken a copy of Ben's recording and statements from both of them. Catherine sent messages to several of her very wealthy and influential patrons who were also patrons, who were also patrons of Jacqueline's charity to let them know what had happened. By the time they got back to the hotel it was almost forum and they were both exhausted. They promised each other that first thing when they woke up, they'd make up, they'd make up for lost time. They stripped naked and slipped under the sheets. Catherine tucked herself back against Ben, so they were spooning. Ah, oh, Catherine, that's not such a good idea, Ben said sleepily. M, she murmured, half asleep already. Ben's cock wasted no time in waking up and snuggling up between Catherine's legs. She lifted her top leg and his cock swung up to slap against her pussy. Oh, she jumped and dropped her leg to capture him in place. Oh, Ben, that's nice, she said, feeling the heat of him trapped between her thighs and pressing against her pussy. Her hips began to twitch unconsciously, rubbing against the top of his shaft. Ben pumped his hips forward and back. "'sliding himself between her thighs "'and strongly rubbing across her now wet pussy. "'Oh, Ben, that feels so good!' she moaned. "'She moved her hands down and rubbed the head of his cock "'when it emerged from between her thighs. "'Ben gasped. "'He pulled back once more, "'and she positioned him to enter her. "'As Ben pushed forward, "'he slid smoothly into her wetness, "'and Catherine sighed with contentment. "'Ben put his hands on her hips.' and set up a nice, slow, long stroke, which soon had Catherine crooning her pleasure. He felt his release quickly approaching, so he slid his top hand up her side and around to her breast. He cupped the flesh in his palm and gently tugged on her nipple. Catherine gasped and pushed down harder on his cock, signalling it was time for him to increase his speed. Soon he was slamming into her, her ass making wet, slapping sounds on his pelvis. The pounding sensation on her ass made Catherine think of Jacqueline's confession of her dark desire to have been large cock deep in her ass. This thought triggered her ass. This thought triggered her orgasm, and her pussy clamped down on Ben's cock. His orgasm quickly followed, and he drove in deep one last time and held himself there. They rode out their orgasms together. Ben kissed her shoulder and made to roll away, but Catherine's hand stopped him. He moved back, sliding deep once more, and Catherine moaned through an aftershock. They fell asleep, spooning with Ben's cock stiff and deep inside her.